discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Beautiful. You may kindly take your seats in heavenly places. I think the very first question that we should ask ourselves is what is the glorious church? Because this is the glorious church camp. Isn't it? Say the glorious church. So what is the glorious church? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27. Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also. So, Ephesians 5, 25 to 27, it says, Husbands, and gave himself for it. Verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with a washing of water by the word. Next verse, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So this is where we find the, the word or the phrase, the. A glorious, it's being a glorious church. Okay, but we are calling ours the glorious church. Hallelujah. There's a reason, so you know why it is the glorious church. It's more definite. Hallelujah. So, number one, a glorious church is a church without spots or wrinkle. A glorious church is what? It's a church without spot or wrinkle. If you've noticed, he's letting us know that Jesus died for the church. Husbands, love your wives. How many husbands are here? Or how many probable husbands? Pastor <laughs> God, you're going to leave your How many probable, how many people, how many guys feel like you will marry one of these days? You marry. You marry, yes. yes, by the grace, by the grace of God. You marry. I see you marrying and staying with one woman, one woman, and enjoying one woman for many years, not 75 women, hey. 105 women. <laughs> it's, it's a blessing from the Lord. Jacob set out to marry one person, and then he ended up having two wives with two concubines yes four women and he had 12 sons with other daughters with those women yes he was going to marry one because his father had married only had married only one person circumstances receive grace to not get into certain circumstances that will cause you to have many children all over the place with many women i said receive grace to to not have children all over the place it's a camp, so feel free. Tell everybody it's a camp. So feel free. There are things I have not, I've not, this one is not part of my message. But as, as I'm saying that Jesus is marrying a church, it's just coming out. We love it. We love it. Yes. Wow. 
Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So Jesus gave himself for something called the church to come into existence. If you read in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible says that, but God commended this love towards us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. You see, he died for us. While we're yet sinners, while we're yet sinners. So Jesus died for sinners. And out of the sinners that he died for, those who receive him, when they get born again, they come into something called the church. Okay? If you read in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, look at it quickly. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. The word baptized has to do with immersion. By one spirit, by one Holy Spirit, are we all immersed into one body. What body is that? That is the body of Christ. So when you get born again, the Holy Spirit takes you and immerses you into the body of Christ. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit takes you and immerses you into the body of Christ. When you get born again, the first thing that happens is that Christ comes to make his abode in the quarters of your heart. Okay? Your spirit man is recreated. But apart from your spirit man being recreated, that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed, I behold, all things are become new. All these new things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ, blah, blah, blah. He goes on. He says that when you get born again, you are recreated, you are made a new man. Now, when you are made, after you are made a new man, you are put into an, into an environment. Just like a baby is born, okay, the baby has the genes of the parents inside, as he's inside the womb. The reason why the baby is inside the womb is because it is forming. Okay, it is growing. Do you understand? I mean, you can see, if you see my little daughter's leg, it's like my wife's leg. Pepe, pepe. I mean, it's amazing. Why she didn't take my leg? <laughs> it's a, a baby takes after the genes of the parents. So, by virtue, by the, because you are born again, you have the genes of God. Because you were born in the womb, you were, you were formed in the womb of the Spirit. Do you understand? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. New creature, a, a new creature after the image and likeness of God. A new creature who is after Christ. Okay? Uh-huh. So apart from that, apart from the, your, your genes being the genes of God or the genes of Christ, if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse, verse 17, look at 1 Corinthians 6, 17. But the person who is united, King James, please. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Because you have joined to the Lord, you become one spirit with the Lord. Okay? Uh-huh. So you have the you have the genes of God. See, I have the genes of God. Just imagine if you knew it really, really, really that you have the genes of God. It will, it will show you how unique you are, how different you are. You are not like every other person. Yes, we are not all children of God. It's not everybody walking around who is a child of God. It is those who are born again who are children of God. Why are they children of God? They, have, they are children of God because they have the genes of God. So the one walking out there who is not born again is not a child of God. You don't see it in our faces that this one is a child of God, this one is not a child of God, this one, but it is there. So in 1 John chapter 3, um, verse 2, look at 1 John 3, 2. He says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, sons and daughters of God. Then he says, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. He says, when Jesus appears, we shall be like him. 
don't know if you get it. Right now, right now, nobody sees that you look like you, you look like Christ. But in what do you look like Christ? On that day when Jesus shows up, you also show up. It's called the phanerosis of the church. Okay, the phana, the word it says when, but um, but we know that when he shall appear, the word appear is phanero. That's where they get the word phanerosis uh, from. That's the day when the Lord will show up physically for everybody to see him. He says the day he shows up, we too will show up. When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I saying it. Look at Colossians chapter 3, um, verse 1. If ye then be risen the Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is set on the right hand of God. Next verse. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Then it says, for you are dead, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is what? Hidden with Christ in God. So the real, the real you is covered by this flesh. Your inward man is covered by it. So we don't see. When you get born again, you are short. You don't become taller. If you were fairer, you don't become darker. If you were fat, you don't, you don't become slim. I mean, we don't, there's no physical evidence that you are born again. I saying it. So if you are not careful, you yourself will not think that you are even born again. You may even take yourself for granted. But God uses his word to try to help us identify what has happened to us. In order for us not to take ourselves for granted. Because you are not, you are not, it says, for you are dead. Your old man is dead and your life, your new life is now hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life? That's the next verse, verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. It's the same thing, appear. When he shall appear, he says, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. So there's a day coming when you shall we shall all appear with him in glory. And we are walking around, it's like, oh, we are, we are all normal people. We are not. Say we are not. We are not the same. At all, at all, at all, at all, at all. And it is even evidence in our Christian maturity. Depending on how matured you are and how matured you are, all of you sitting here, you all look different in the spirit. Physically, you look it's like we are all human beings, beautiful girls sitting in front of the church, singing for the Lord. But those who are interested in developing themselves in the Lord are different spiritually speaking. And when the day the Lord shows up, they will also show up different. You will see that that's where the differences in glory shows up. There's a glory of the sun, there's a glory of the moon, there's a glory of the stars. Each star differs from one star like that. That is when we really know who it is that was really following the Lord. Whether you were here just because they said you should be here or you were here because you really loved the Lord and you really wanted to be around. I don't know if you get it. You really wanted change. So you have to watch your heart. Tell anybody, you have to watch your heart and watch your motives. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the time unto the Lord who unto the Lord come. He says, Judge, don't judge anything before the time. If you look outward, you will think that oh, this person is doing he's, he's a very powerful man of God, he's a very powerful man of God. You don't know what is really going on inside him. The Lord knows all of us very well. All of us are children of God, but God knows where all of us are, the level that we are all on. He knows. He knows. He says, Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light. The hidden things of darkness, all the things that are hidden, he will bring to light and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. He will show forth the counsel of your heart. And then shall every man have praise of God. He will show what was really in your heart. Why you did it. Why you, why you were in the meeting. Were you there because of a certain girl? Or because of a certain boy? Hey! So when the Lord shows up, he will show up. Apart from us having the genes of Christ, 
we are also when we, you see every child who is born is born into an environment isn't it i mean you can be born into any environment you can be born into nigeria Oshodi or Oregon or something. I mean, depends, isn't it? Worry, you can be born in worry. Wow, wherever you were born, you were born into an environment, isn't it? In the same way, in Christianity, when a, when a, when a child of God is born, the child of God is born into an environment. The environment a child of God is born into is called the body of Christ. And the one who gives birth to you into the body of Christ is the Holy Spirit. Do you see? Because being born again has to do with being born of the Spirit. Jesus said, the one who is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Isn't it? Uh-huh. So, the Holy Spirit is the one who pushes you. And when he pushes you out, he pushes you, into, he, pushes you into a, he pushes you into an environment called the body of Christ or the church. So, the body of Christ is also called the church. That is what we, I read to you in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, rather. Okay, let's read from verse 12. It's nice. Go back. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Then he says... For by one spirit are we all baptized or immersed or given birth to into one body, which is the body of Christ. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be born or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Have you seen it? So you are born again into an environment called the body of Christ, which is also called the church. If you read Ephesians chapter 1, look at Ephesians chapter 1. Um, let's read verse 21. Ephesians 1, 21. It says, Jesus, God has raised Jesus far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. It is like the church has a head and the church has a feet. Do you see? Then it says, which the church, which is his body. Are you seeing it? And has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Which is his body? The church is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all and in all. So the church is the body of Christ with Jesus as the head of that body. So the church is not a physical building primarily. The church is a living organism that is alive with Jesus as the head. So the church goes beyond this physical building. It's a living, pulsating organism that has life. Okay? Which we are all members of. And you are made a member of it through the born-again experience. Without the born-again experience, you can't be a member of the church. You can register in a physical church, love economy church, Methodist, Presby, whatever, physically with your name there. If you are not born again, you are not part of the real church, which is the living, pulsating church, live body of Christ. You are not part of it. Look at Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Let's read um, verse 17. And he's above all things, and by him all things consist. Verse 18. And he's the head of the body. He says, Jesus is the head of the body. The church. Who is the beginning, the first one from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He's the head of the body, which is the church. Please, are you saying it? So, there's the church. Then there's the glorious church. The church is where all of us are born again into. Now, when you're born again into the, into the body of Christ or into the church, God has an aim. God is not aimless. Tell me about God is not aimless. God is not aimless at all. God has an aim. He's not, he's not aimless at all. God has a reason for the new birth. You are born again for a reason. Okay? 
Uh-huh. And when you start fulfilling that reason why you are born again, you start getting included into the glorious church. The glorious church is something we must all grow into. We grow into the glorious church or we are built into the glorious church. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So the church is not the same as the glorious church or a glorious church. It's not the same. It is the aim of the Lord. The glorious church is the aim of the Lord to take the church to becoming the glorious church. That is why he lets you know in Ephesians chapter 5, where I started reading from, husbands, verse 25, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. For what purpose? He gave himself for the church for what purpose? So that he might sanctify or set it apart or separate it, do you see, or make it different and cleanse it, clean it, wash it, prepare it, bath it. Do you see? Yes, prepare it, bath it with the washing of water by the word. For what purpose? So that he might present it to himself a glorious church. Meaning that the church is not what Jesus is looking for. The church is the means of accomplishing what Jesus is looking for, which is the glorious church. Jesus is looking for something called the glorious church, which is a bride, his bride. I'll show you all those things. Okay? Uh-huh. So that he might present it to himself a glorious church. Not the church. Not a church. He's pre- he wants to present a glorious church. He cleans the church. Sanctifies the church. For what purpose? So that he might have a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle. Meaning that the church has spots and wrinkles. That Jesus does not like. So he's cleaning it and sanctifying it in order to have a glorious church. That does not have spot or wrinkles or any such thing. Or that it should be holy and without blemish. Meaning that the church has some unholiness in there. And the church has some blemishes in there. That he wants taken out. So that he can have a glorious church. Do you see what I'm talking about? Okay. So number one, what is the glorious? What is the glorious church? The glorious church is a church without spot or wrinkle. Okay, that's the first point. I've just tried to define what the, the difference between a church and the, the church and the glorious church. Okay. Now I'm gonna, I'm going to show you what the glorious church is. So number one, the glorious church is what? A church without spot or wrinkle. Second Peter chapter 2 from verse 1 to verse 22. What is a spot or what is a wrinkle that God doesn't want in a church? I'm going to show you. It's a long read, but I think it, you, you should be interested. Okay? Something like a BBA. So that you can understand. I can just read it to you. It says, but there were false prophets among the people. So in the church, no. There are false what? prophets where in the church it says but there were false prophets among the people as there will be false teachers among you so in the church it says there will be false teachers among and false prophets among you they are in the church but they are not from god it's not everyone in the church who is correct i preach a message called called the rulers the false brethren and what dangerous sons and what and spots it's a whole i think i predict it's a whole it's like uh maybe six hours or so yeah so you can you can learn more about what i'm going to say by listening to that particular message okay it's on the podcast you don't have to look far at all it's on the podcast okay and as a christian you should be aware of what this particular thing what jesus does not like jesus does not like spots and wrinkles in the church okay it says, but there were false prophets among the people, as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly put forward wrong teachings for your destruction. 
They will put forward what? Wrong teachings for what purpose? For your destruction. So there are some people who want to destroy you. And they are in the church. Have you ever read the, the parable where Jesus spoke and said that the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man who sowed wheat into his, in, his, in his field. And whilst men slept, his enemy came to come and sow tears. So in the church, he was talking about the church. Okay? Whenever you hear kingdom of heaven, he's talking about the church. So in the church, there are wheat and then there are tears. Matthew 13 to verse 24. Another parable put it forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven. I told you the last time that the kingdom of heaven is always referred, is always with reference to the church. It's a, it's a misnomer. You might think, ah, kingdom of heaven is not supposed to be heaven. You see, when we say misnomer, it means that something that is being called in a different way, but it's actually that thing. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So he says, another part, so he's talking about the church full of human beings. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man who sowed good seed in, in his field. Next verse. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Next verse. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So you start, see, you start seeing them by their fruit. It says, by their fruit you shall know them. But they are around. You are seeing their fruit, but you can't remove them from the church. I don't know if you get it. Yeah. They are around. I mean, there are people sitting on TV. They are, they are into palm reading, stargazing, horoscope, dreams, astral projection, crystal ball gazing. It's possible. With what is going on now, it's very possible. Have you seen them or you have not seen them? Have you, do you watch multi-TV? Do you, have, you, do you have multi-TV? Hey! But people are doing all kinds of things. Yes. Tests. They are wrong. But you can't remove them from the church. Yes. You see, but when the blade, when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the test. Also. So you, we, we are seeing it. They are all, all of a sudden, they are all over the place. Look at the next verse. So the servants of the household that came and said unto him, all, all servants of God, talk to God about this particular thing. Like, what is going on? God, can't you just root them all out? Can't you just take them out? Came and said unto him, said, is thou not so good seed in thy food? From whence then has these tests? Has it test? He said unto them, an enemy has done this. There's an enemy who has done it. The servant said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? Do you want us to root them all up? Look at the master's reply. But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Why? Because the wheat and the tares look so much alike. They look so much alike. So a man of God, another man of God, a genuine man of God cannot be the one to root out. Like, this person is wrong. This person is wrong. This person is wrong. I can't be telling you who is wrong in the church. Like, I mentioned names. Have you heard of this person? He's wrong. Be careful of him. Have you heard of this person? He's wrong. Be careful. I'll be rooting out the wheat as well. Because you don't know who is actually genuine and who is actually not. Because they, are, they look so much alike, you can't really tell. That is why you should make it your business not to be criticizing anybody. If you see them around and you don't want to watch them, just watch Animal Channel. Discovery Channel. Just watch a lion chasing an antelope. There's more excitement in that than trying to criticize something you don't understand. You may end up saying something about somebody and you have a problem. Kenneth Hagen of Blessed Memory was just commenting about somebody. They were having a discussion concerning a certain man of God and how he's not doing things right. I said, no, it's true. I said, I, mean, I don't know. What has he been doing? What do I, I don't know how, how come he has begun. He just, and he, you see, when someone else came, someone came to ask him about it. That, oh, I heard, they said, it's true. Yes, this is what happened. This is what happened. When he got to his hotel room, it was around 12, 12 p.m., at 12 a.m. in the night. 
when he lay on his bed, a bright light came into his room. A light that is as bright as the noonday sun. Bright. Just like as described in the Bible. Bright. He just entered and then Jesus started talking. And said, who are you to judge my servant? The voice spoke three times. Who are you to judge my servant? Who are you to judge my servant? Who are you to judge my servant? And that was it. From that day, he never criticized anybody, said anything about anybody. If you say something about it, ah, yeah, it's fine. Everything is okay. If you say, oh, it's fine. Because if you are not careful, you will root out the wheat that God has planted because the wheat and the test look so much alike. You would think all English-speaking people, all English-speaking pastors are correct. They are from God. Because they speak English. And all the tree-speaking people are evil. And if they are on multi-TV, they are all evil. Do you, do you understand? All one-man churches are whatever. But which church is not one man? Every church is one man. Anything with two heads is a beast. Isn't it? If you saw a crab with two heads, what will you do? You take a picture of it, take a video of it, and put it on YouTube. You will get $1 million very soon. So many people watch. And you catch it and put it in your house. It's a, it's a, it's a sight to behold. Hallelujah. Hmm. Now, but God wants you to be wary of he wants a church without spots and wrinkles. So he shows us in 2 Peter chapter 2. But there were false prophets among the people, as there shall there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly put forward wrong teachings for your destruction, even turning away from the Lord who gave himself for them. Meaning that they were born again before. It says, even turning away from the Lord who gave himself for them. Meaning that they were born again, or they are born again. Whose destruction will come quickly. And they themselves will be the cause of it. It says their destruction will come what? Quickly. And they themselves will, they will be the cause of it. Wow. Hmm. You don't need to criticize them. Leave them. God, they themselves will destroy themselves. Look at the next verse. And a great number will go with them in their evil ways. So a great number of the people in the church will go with them in their evil ways. Through whom the true way will have a bad name. Through their activities, the way of the Lord will have a bad name. Do you get it? It's in the Bible. Through the activities, everybody will talk about the church and talk about ministries and young young pastors and this one, pastors from Kumasi and pastors from this place. You hear it's plenty. I tell you, because of some people's actions. Hmm. Next verse. Everything is in the Bible. Just read your Bible a lot. You'll be shocked. And in their desire for profit, so their aim is to make profit. They want money. They are desire for profit. They will come to you with the words of deceit. Just because of money. Like traders doing business in souls. They deal in souls. They want your soul. They want your money. Yes. If you want to see the pastor, you have to pay 2000 before you can see the pastor. Yes. 700 500 10000 There are some who have paid 10000 Yes, 10000 you get 30 minutes. Mm. Yes. Executive what? Executive booking. How much is that? Thousand five. To see the pastor, the normal booking is eight hundred. That one you see the junior pastors. You church setting, like in the church, then he will come and see you and then pray for you. Wow. <laughs> Charlie, we are not. We don't have. We are not. We are not serious. It's like we are not serious. I come by now. I mean eight hundred, eight hundred, eight hundred, eight hundred, eight hundred, eight hundred, eight hundred. We are millionaire. Yes, I tell you, you get your seed more than. T- <laughs> I tell you, they are dealing in souls. Hmm. 
Yes, Pastor Prenet. Yes, someone said that to me. You remember, we went to meet somebody. Yeah, you were there. Yes. When I said I was a pastor, I said, oh, you people, you also have the money now. You have the money now. Yes. Yes, he also wants to stop his business and come and become a pastor. And he said, Pastor Preneurship. I had never heard you were there also, eh? I had never heard it. Well, I said, hey, hey, is there something like that? Yes, Pastor Preneurship. Like entrepreneurship. Now there's Pastor Preneurship. Wow. If it was not happening, they would not be saying it because it's happening. Life. Oh, yes. One, one, one woman and her friend went to see a certain pastor. And they had to pay 500 to be in that particular category. He said, and if you pay 500, the pastor sees you for just a, about a minute. You can't, not beyond a minute. You see, and he's a pro, it's like he's a prophet. So when you come in, he tells you your problem. He says, don't talk. I'll tell you your problem and give you the answer. Supernatural powers. Oh, shit. Banku powers. I tell you, Daniel anointed. So when they, when they entered now, he said, oh. And he wasn't talking loudly. It's like he was so tired. He said, this is your problem and this is the answer. You can go. So when they, they, they came out, when they came out, that one, the, one lady asked the other one, do you hear what he said? He said, no, I didn't hear. Which I didn't hear. Yeah, our 500 is gone. <laughs> hey! The 500 just vanished just like that. Yes. And it's amazing how some people, that's what some people like. They like such things. Like when we have camp and we are teaching about the word of God, they will not come home. They are waiting until their trouble comes. Then they'll go and see a certain prophet who chop their money. Yes. One prophet, I mean, one prophet was talking to Reverend Joseph some time ago. He said, hey, Charlie, you are not serious. Look at me, I'm going to make $5,000 right now before you. So he made a call in front of him. He didn't even know him. This was the first time he was meeting him. And but I said, Yo, you are not, you're like, you are not serious. I'm going to make $5,000 in front of you right now. You see. Then he called. Yes. Masakanabaya. So I'm seeing this and I'm seeing that. I needed to send, this is what is coming. Something bad is coming to your family. Something is going to happen to your children. I needed to send $5,000 to my account right now and I'll pray for you. Yeah. And he cut the call. And the person sent the $5,000. And he called back. He said, okay, so now take this and take that. And I'm praying about it. Bath with it. Do this with it. Do that with it. Amen. $5,000. Why? That is what some people like. These are, these are the spots we are talking about. So Jesus says, I'm coming for it. I want a church that is without spots or wrinkle. These are the wrinkles of the church. You see, the church is a, is a bride. The church is supposed to grow to become a bride. The bride of Jesus Christ. Nobody wants to marry a bride with wrinkles. A bride with spots. I mean, if you're a bride with spots, the makeup covers it, isn't it? It covers everything. All the portals, everything becomes very fine. He says, like traders doing business in souls whose punishment has been ready for a long time and their destruction is watching for them or waiting for them. So God knows what is going on. He's going to deal with them. So don't make it your business to be discussing them all over the place and mentioning people's names and all of that. No. Attacking their, their personality. You don't know. Maybe he's a wit or he's a tech. You don't know. Next verse. For if God, then he starts talking about very sensitive matters. Okay? Jesus will not have a church with spot or wrinkle. Have that in your mind. In your mind. A glo- the glorious church is a church without spot or wrinkle. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. It says, for if God did not have pity for the angels. Who are angels? Who created angels? God. 
are angels good? Were angels created to be good? Yeah. They were created to be good. Yeah. Did some angels disrespect God and dishonor God? Yeah. They were seeing God, seeing everything, seeing all the things, and then they dishonored God and followed Lucifer. Yeah. Is it true? Did that happen? Yeah. So it says, for if God did not have pity for the angels who did evil, but sent them down into hell to be kept in chains of eternal night till they were, they were judged. There's a day coming, the white on judgment, angels will also be judged there. Yes. There are angels that are more wicked than Satan that are kept in chains under the river Euphrates, which will be, will be released later. It's all in the Bible. All that I'm saying is in the Bible. There are wilder angels, stronger angels who followed Lucifer when he went on the disloyalty parade campaign. He says, if God did not have pity on them. Hmm? Okay. Next verse. He judged them. He sent them. He bound them in chains. So first category, angels. God did not have pity on them when they fooled around. I saying it. Then he shows you the next category. He says, and did not have mercy on the world, which, which then was. But only kept safe Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others, when he let loose the waters over the world of the evildoers. Do you remember the story too? God did not have mercy on the whole world. There were a lot of people. Only eight people were saved. Only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Why? He's looking for a glorious church. He doesn't want anything with that with spot and wrinkle. So if any if he sees spot or wrinkle, he's going to clear you. Ish. So the glorious church is a church without spot or wrinkle. And he's letting you know that he's going to do that in our church, in the church. If he did it with the angels and did it with during the West time, why, what, why do you think that he will not do it in our time? That will not be just. If you did it to the then the angels will rise and say, You see what you, you, you this people, you didn't do anything to them. So, in order for God to be just, God has to judge. He's judged the angels, He's judged the people of Noah's time. He says He will judge our time too in, our, in the church. Look at him, that's what He's trying to say to you. Eh? A preacher of righteousness, we, we just read this, right? Go to the next verse. He says, Then he's talking, so there's a third thing. He says, And God sent destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Burning them up with fire as an example to those whose way of life might in the future be unpleasing to him. He burned them with fire for an example to show everybody in the future, in our time, to let them know that if I didn't spare them, I'm not going to spare you guys. If you don't change your ways. You didn't see him? Okay, next verse. And kept safe Lot, the upright man, who was deeply troubled by the unclean life of the evildoers. Remember, Lot was, we, we, it was only Lot who was saved in Sodom and Gomorrah. Everybody else was per, uh, perished. Next verse. Because the soul of that upright man living among them was pain from day to day by seeing and hearing the, the crimes, their crimes. Next verse. Verse 9. Look at this. It says, the Lord is able to keep the upright safe in the time of testing. Who is the upright? All children of God. If you're a child of God, you are the upright. You are the righteous one. He says, God is able to keep you safe. And to keep evildoers under punishment to the day of judgment. So he's able to keep his righteous children during the days of temptation for them to be released, for them to be helped. Then he's able to keep the unrighteous too, for them to not change, so that they can be punished. That's what he's trying to say. Next verse, verse 10. Then he says, but especially, apart from keeping the righteous ones to help them get to the day of his appearing, and keeping the unrighteous ones to be destroyed. Okay? There's something he, he does especially. He's very good at it. He's going to tell you a third category. He showed you the upright 
they were were ungodly. Now he's going to show you a third category that are in the church. So he says, but especially those who go after the unclean desires of the flesh. Those who are in the church and go after the unclean desires of the flesh. So there are those who are in the church and then they are into all... I don't know what's wrong with them. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Unrepentant. They do whatever they want to do. Sports. Wrinkles. God says he doesn't want any such any of those things. But especially those who go after the unclean desires of the flesh and make sport of authority. I was just talking about they make sport of authority. They talk badly about authority, about the authority of God. Ready to take chances, uncontrolled. They have no fear of saying evil of those in high places. They can insult pastors. Oh, that you should go away. His mother, his father, his face like. Uh, what? What, what, what? What is his face like? Important, important. His face like important, important. I mean, they say, okay, have you seen some people like that before? People who disrespect, they disrespect the, dignity, the dignities of God. Okay, next verse. Though the angels, it says, this thing that is why, this is what we're doing. Even the angels are afraid of doing it. It says, though the angels who are greater in strength and power do not take, do not make use of violent language against them before the Lord. Even, they don't, they don't talk like that. Yes. When, when uh, uh, Michael was coming for the body of Moses, okay, he did not bring a railing accusation against Lucifer because at that time Lucifer was holding the power and the authority of man. Jesus had not come to die. So Lucifer or Satan was the one representing, he had the keys of hell and death. And he, had the, he was the one who was in the place of man, the place that God created. He's, he had lost his place, but he came to take the place of Adam by, by pushing him into sin. Do you get it? By tempting him to sin. So he took his power and he was using it. Do you understand? So because of the authority that Lucifer had at that time, Michael could not speak against him. So Michael said, this is Jude 1, 9. He says, yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the, with the devil, it is about the body of Moses, does not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Rebuke you. <laughs> Michael spoke to the devil in the name of the Lord. He didn't say, I rebuke you, because he couldn't rebuke him. Because the place that Lucifer or Satan was occupying at that time, which is the place of man, is higher than the place of angels. So he couldn't talk against higher authority. So he says, the Lord rebuke you. Remember, it was Michael who pushed Lucifer out from his place because he could do that at that time. But at this time, he couldn't say anything about him because he had the power of Adam. That is why in Job, when the sons of God were appearing to show themselves before God, Satan also showed up. How did he show up? He showed up with the authority of Adam. So he says, even, even angels are afraid to talk about God's servants. But human beings are not afraid. There are people in the church who are not afraid. They will say things. Who does he think he is? Hey. Hmm. <laughs> Next verse. But these men, like beasts without reason, whose natural use is to be taken and put to death. That's their natural use. Crying out against things of which they have no knowledge, will undergo that same destruction which they are designing for others. Says God, God has planned for them. It's a very serious thing. Next verse. <laughs> for the evil which overtakes them is the reward of their evil doing. Such men take their pleasure in the delight of the flesh. I don't know if you have seen it. Like flesh, flesh, flesh. They like foolish things. Eh? Such men take pleasure in the delights of the flesh, even in the daytime. What is the daytime? The daytime 
He's not talking about like light, daytime. He's talking about the, the time that we have to serve the Lord. Okay? You can see it in Romans. Romans chapter 13, verse 10. Therefore, love, uh-huh, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Next verse. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Which day? The day of the Lord is at hand. Then it says, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. He's expecting to put on the armor of light as a child of God. Next verse. Then it says, let, can you read it together? I want to go. Let us honestly, as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. Let's read the Amplified. Sorry, I can't understand it very well of this verse. One, um, amplified, please. One to go. Let us live honorably and becomingly as in the open light of day, not in reveling, carousing, and drag. Do you understand carousing? Partying. It's, in the, it's, it's a dictionary. You can look at the dictionary of it. Partying. Christians who are into partying. Do you see? Uh-huh. You are into boozing, you are into partying, you are into everything. God, you see, God has set Jesus Christ as a helper for us. Don't, don't think that Jesus cannot help you. Jesus is there to help you. So don't, don't get into an atmosphere of, I've given up, I can't do anything. No, you are becoming a spot in the body. Like all the corrections that God is giving to you are not minding. Is it, is it, is it in the dictionary? What does it say? The activity of drinking alcohol and enjoying oneself with others in a noisy, lively way. In a noisy, lively way. That is carousing. It says we should live, we should live in open light of day. Not in reveling. What is reveling? Re- reveling. It's, it's, it's the same thing. Okay. R-E-V-E-L-I-N-G. Revel. Reveling. It's like a revelation. Is it in the dictionary? Enjoy oneself in a lively and noisy way. Enjoy oneself in a lively and what? Noisy way. Noisy especially way. with drinking and dancing. Especially with drinking and dancing. You see, you are behaving like you don't know that song I'm singing. You are behaving like you don't know the song I'm singing. Me who is my You can lock. What lock it? Child of God, you have lock. When Christ came to set you free, you are locked now. Not in immorality and debauchery, sensuality and licentiousness. Not in quarreling and jealousy. All these, he says, all these things makes you a spot. Do, do you understand? Like. You are not changing as God will have you change. The reason for the word of God is so that you can change. You can come in like this. You can come in as a party girl, as a party boy, as a weed smoker, as a woman's, woman's, uh, man snatcher, husband snatcher. You can come into the kingdom of God as anything. But God is not expecting you to stay like that forever. He's giving you his grace to help you to climb out of the things that, the pits that you are in. But if he gives you the grace and you, you take the grace to do whatever you want, you want to f- keep fooling around. He says you are becoming... A spot, a wrinkle, a problem in the church, and he remove you. Wow. I'm not the one saying it. It's these things we don't like saying it because it's like when you say it's like people wonder, am I a spot? Am I if you're a spot, you know you're a spot. If you are not a spot, you know you are not a spot. If you feel you're a spot, what do you do? Repent and change your mind. 
What, what is the problem? Just repent and change your mind and decide I'm not going to go along these lines. That's what God is expecting of you. It's as simple as that. Yes. Take the mercy of God and change. Change, decide I'm not going to go along this line anymore. It's as simple as ABCD. It's not difficult at all. What you like, you cannot change. What you like, you cannot change or you cannot lose. You can't lose what you like. If you like it, you can't lose it. You always go for it. But if you start developing a distaste for it, a dislike for it, like, this thing is not helping me. I need to, this thing needs to live my life. Do you see? Then the change can start happening. But when you are in it, it's like, oh, this is it, Charlie. I will go do one. I will go do one. I mean, every Saturday night, we go chill. Hey, me, I be child of God. I be child of God. Oh. I be child of God. Wow. But Charlie, then things are, I will go do one. I smoke small. I mean, then things are, I mean, I saw the weedy. How you go do one? In Tampines, I was saying, we have to smoke small, small. I mean, there are people here who are former smokers. I'm, I'm, as I'm talking to you, I'm seeing people who are former weed smokers. In the church that you are sitting in right now. Former. The last time they smoked weed was nine years ago. Wow. Yes, why? They wanted to change, so they changed because they heard the word of God. This thing is not correct. It has to change. And they change. Wow. Debauchery. What does it mean? Debo- when you, that's why you need a dictionary by you when you're reading the Bible. So you see what God is saying. Debauchery. Or else you'll be, you be a Christian who is doing whatever. You live the way you like. And you do what you like. And you, don't, you feel it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. But there's everything wrong with it. God doesn't like that. It's clear in the scriptures. You are becoming a spot. And becoming a wrinkle in the body. He says, I, I'm looking for a church, a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. I don't want that. It shows you. I, I purged my church at that time. During the West time. I purged my church during the angelic time. I purged my church during uh, Sodom and Gomorrah's time. And I'll purge my church again during your time. Yes. Debauchery, what does it mean? Excessive indulgence in sex, alcohol, or drugs. Wow. You never knew. Yeah. Debauchery. Hmm. Excessive. I have done a child of God. Say I repent. I repent. In Jesus' name. Yes. I know people who used to sleep with people's husbands. That's what that was what they liked. Yes, ladies, people's husbands. They said that one, 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 one of told them. me that. Yeah, I know she, her. She prefers someone's husband. People's husband because they are more responsible. They are more responsible. When you ask for things, they're able to sort you out. Hey! <laughs> She's now a proper child of God, full of the Holy Ghost. Correct. Yes, stable in the house of God. Yes. How? Through the word of God and through the Holy Ghost. The more you receive the word and the more you receive the spirit, you realize that you are changing. If you want to change, you will change. If you don't want to change, you will not change. You can be going and coming for years. You will not change that. Yes. When your pastor is preaching, you'll be looking at your phone. Browsing. Like I, I, one day I was preaching, I was preaching one, someone who had problems with homosexuality was texting somebody to sleep with him. In the, as I was preaching, was te- whilst I was preaching, I was texting somebody. In this church, this church, this very church, he was texting. I mean, he knows. He was texting like this. So I, when, when he went to have sex and all with the person, and the problems came and all, and then he came back and we're talking, and I was asking him, so what happened, what happened? And he said, oh, well, the, when you were preaching, I was just texting him, and then all of that, and then after church, he went to meet her. Hey, you see, you don't want change. If you want change, you, you have a change. If you, if you don't like it, it will leave your life. 
you don't like it, you should live your life. Wow. It's as simple as ABCD. I want to. Yeah. One of them, we spoke to him. He, did this, 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 this. he said, oh, he will do whatever he wants to do. During lockdown, he went to, someone's husband slept with him. Someone's husband. The person is married, though, but the person is a homosexual. Yes, he slept with him and gave him HIV. Sharp. Young boy, small boy. Now he's HIV positive. He's trying to, he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. He called everybody. Have HIV. Have HIV. If you don't hear, you have a, you just develop a problem as time goes on. It's the mess, God has just been merciful to you over the years so that you can hear the things I'm telling you now. So it is time to decide that no, this thing, this thing is not helping me. It's taking money from me. I'm living on, on the edge. I can die at any time. It's doing this to me. It's doing that to me. You must know what it is doing to you so that you decide that no, this thing, I'm not going to go along that line anymore. It's time to live as children of light in the day. So when he said they, they like rioting in the day, that's what he was. He's talking about the day of salvation that the Lord has presented. This is, this is the day of salvation. Hmm? This is the day of salvation. Uh, salvation is a day. There's a time coming when there's a night, the night of all, when no man can do anything for the Lord. Go back to 2 Peter chapter 2, where we're reading. Such men take pleasure in the delights of the flesh, even in the daytime. They are like the marks of a disease, like poisoned wounds among you. Feasting together with you in joy. Let's read the King James of verse 13 so that you see the word sporting is actually sports. Yeah, it says sports they are, isn't it? Sports they are and blemishes. So all, it says all the people who behave like this, speaking of dignitaries, all the, all the things I've mentioned in the last few minutes. It says they are all sports. Sports they are and blemishes. Sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Christianity is a feast. It's a feast of unliving bread. Christ, our Passover lamb, is sacrificed. Okay? Then he says, let us, let us keep the feast with unliving, unliving. 1 Corinthians 5, 8. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Go up. Go to verse 7. Page out there for the old. Go, go to verse 6. This was the guy who was sleeping with his father's wife. He says, your glory is not good, verse 6. Your glory is not good. Knowing not that a little, that a little living, living at the whole lamp. Next verse. Purge out therefore the old living. He was talking about the guy's sin and he calls it living. That you may be a new lamb as you are unliving. For even Christ, our Passover, a sacrifice was. You were to, were to, they were to eat the Passover lamb with unliving bread. Bread that is pure. Bread that does not have sin inside. Because living is described as sin in the Bible. Have you seen it? It says, For even Christ, our Passover is sanctified for us. It says, Live your Christian life pure. Next verse. Therefore, let us keep the feast not with old living, neither with the living of malice and wickedness. So, malice and wickedness is also living, but with the unliving bread of sincerity and truth. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. So, that's what he's talking about. We have a feast. Christianity is a feast, it's a feast of unliving bread. With Christ being the Passover lamb. And we, the, the, the bread. Because we be many are one bread. So, spots and wrinkles. J, Jude chapter 1, verse 1. All the way. I can read the whole thing, but maybe I should just read it. So that you see what I'm talking about. Go back to, you go back to 2 Peter chapter 2. Let's, let me finish reading what I'm reading. And then I'll go to Jude. Because that's, what, that's that place you see spots and wrinkles. Okay? I've pre- like I said, I've preached a whole series on it. So it's good you, it's a reference for this particular message, okay? Hmm. 
They are like marks of a disease, like poison wounds among you, feasting together with you in joy. Next verse. Having eyes full of evil desire. Never having enough of sin. Christians, oh, turning feeble souls out of the true way. They can tell you that, oh, this one is nothing. It's not a problem. Oh, this, this, this is what you're talking about. I mean, this, we've done it. Uh, I mean, someone called Prophet Adam and told him. One prophet called him and said that. I mean, you should be able to sleep with somebody who is not your wife. Then, then just you prophesy right after. I mean, that's, that's real spiritual maturity. Yes. There are those who sleep with people's wives. That's what they like. Pastors who sleep with people's wives. Someone's wife. <laughs> they are confident, having eyes full of evil desire. Never, not only pastors, church members who sleep with people's wives. Hmm. Having enough of sin. Ne- never having enough of sin. Turning feeble souls out of the true way. They are children of cursing, whose hearts are well used to bitter envy. Next verse. Hmm. Envy and all those things are also part of. Turning out of the true way. They turn out of the true way. They have gone wandering in error. Let's read King James of this. Is it, I, I can talk about Balaam, the error of Balaam, Korah, all of those things. It's, that one is in Jude, but we don't have time. So it says, which are forsaking the right way. They are forsaking what? So they knew they, they are in the right way and they, they've left the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozo. Balaam is the one who prophesied for money. He prophesied for what? He was a quiet prophet, but then he became demon possessed. You see, and was collecting money for prophecy and showed God's enemies how to destroy God's people. Who loved the wages of unrighteousness? He loved the money of unrighteousness. Next verse. But was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb are speaking with, them, with, with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. He was a, he was a corrupt prophet. But then became uh, uh, was corrupted. Next verse, quickly. These are wells without water. Clouds that are carried with the tempest. I mean, Peter was so angry when he was talking about these things. These clouds without tempest. Clouds carried with the tempest. To whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. So this is, there's a mist of darkness that is reserved for them. Yes. Miss, this, these are the ones who were in the body of Christ who were fooling around. There's a special place for them that the Lord wants for them. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they are lured through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness. Those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. It, it means a lot, but I can't explain because of time. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. Verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, now this is what I want you to see. He says, if after they have escaped the pollution of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, meaning that they got born again. Or, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they again, they are again entangled therein in the pollutions of the world and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Yes. Next verse. For if for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than that after they after than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Next verse. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his, his own vomit again, and the soul that was washed to have wallowing in the mud. The pig that was washed is returned to the mad ones again. I'm showing you an aspect of Christianity that you may not know exists. It is there. If you're a Christian and you decide that you're not going to allow the word of God to change you, you are, you are in the Bible. And Jesus is coming for a glorious church without having, without a glorious church that does not have spot or wrinkle. You can read Jude 1 from verse 1 to verse 20, 21. You see the same thing that we've spoken of here, spoken of by another person called Jude, 
Who was Jesus' younger brother? Yes. He spoke about it. Jude is one of Jesus' younger brothers. He spoke, he spoke completely concerning it. Are you seeing it? Hmm. So Jesus is coming for a church without what? A glorious church not having spots or wrinkles. So Jude 1, you can read from verse 1 all the way to verse 21. You will see more over there. Okay? God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.